Hey listener, we're excited you're joining us today. Today's guest is Plastic B, the creator of the hit fantasy webcomic 21st Century Knights, a story that follows the journey of Teresa, a croc-wearing knight whose quest to find a mysterious white-haired knight reveals the darker truths about the world she lives in. We delve into important topics such as the representation in comics, where she discusses the striking absence of black characters in webcomics, and the powerful feedback she's since received in shaping black characters in her own stories. We also learn about her journey working on multiple canvas comics before becoming an originals creator, and we receive some honest advice for early comic creators looking to sustain their work. We learned a ton from our conversation with Plastic B, and hope you enjoy it too. Hi, Martha. How are you? Hi, I'm good. And where are you joining us from today? I'm joining from Kenya, um, Nairobi, Kenya. That's where I'm from. That's where I live. Well, I think you're the first creator that we have from Africa. Definitely our first from Kenya. So we're very excited <laughs> to have you. And uh, we made the time zone coordination work, which is half the battle. So I appreciate you joining us today. Yeah, that, that was one thing I was worried about. Because like every time I try to meet with my friends from abroad, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's always a struggle but like I'm really glad that I could also come on I'm honored <laughs> yeah well we're, we're lucky to have you um I'd love to start by just asking you a little bit about yourself and uh how you got started making comics mm -hmm. whenever anyone asks me like when I started to draw let's just tell them I started to draw when I was around 12 years old wow. I came across like a, a romance manga I think it was Fruits Basket and then I came across Dragon Ball Z and from there I was just like this is what I want to do. So, you know, <laughs> that's how I started um, art. Comics was, was actually different. Um, mm. I didn't start comics like a really long time ago. I started, when was it? I think it was in my sophomore semester of college. And one summer, it was, uh, there was a competition on Webtoons. And I felt like I wanted to kind of do something useful with myself that summer. So that's when I joined like the competition, just kind of like for fun. And from there on, I guess that's how I started. <laughs> you mentioned that you found Fruits Basket and Dragon Ball Z. What's the influence of anime and manga like in Kenya? When I was younger, okay, I know that, you know, <laughs> whenever people say when I was younger, but like, yes, yeah, so it's true. When I was younger, like it was not, it wasn't really prevalent actually. I came across anime and manga from my cousin. Um, he introduced Naruto to us. You have a very good cousin. If he introduced you to Naruto, <laughs> he's a good guy. Yes, yes, yes. Although he had to, he like, I don't know, he fell out of anime at some point, which is like, okay. you know, RIP, but it's okay. It's okay. He was good. <laughs> um, so yeah, like he introduced it to my brother and I. And then somehow just from there, like we really got interested in it. And we'd like, it was really hard to get like anime and manga. <laughs> yeah. Like at that time, like the internet was also kind of like, you know, like in terms of like Wi-Fi and stuff, we didn't really have that. So you'd have to like get data and then like you get like these bundles and like when you get them, like you download a whole lot of anime and manga so then you could like tie it over to the next time you get it. So like access wasn't like, you know, like, but sometimes you'd get them just like randomly like walking and you'd see like a book and you'd be like, that's a manga. Like they're sending manga there. And I'd just be like, well, I'm going to go get it. So that's how, <laughs> that's how it was. And uh, walk us through the first Webtoon that you uh, put on Webtoon and what that experience was like 
uh, for you to go from, okay, this competition seems interesting. I think I want to put something out there to actually developing and making a comic for the first time. Oh man, that was, that was actually, I'll warn you, it's nothing big, by the way. If there's something about me that you'll know, that you'll come to know through this podcast is that, I mean, through this um, episode is that I kind of just do things like I'll just wake up one day and I'll decide to do things. So um, <laughs> uh, one day um, the semester was ending. I realized summer was coming about. Um, I studied in the U.S., by the way. So like I was in the U.S. at that time. Um, I was going to go stay with relatives. And I realized that my summer was probably just going to like pass by. Like I was just going to blink and it was going to be gone. And I didn't like that. So I thought, well, um, I think I saw a post or something or I was reading Webtoons and I saw, you know, how sometimes Webtoon like has an ad, an ad or something for like uh, the contest that they're going to have. Yeah. So I saw it and I guess that was the one of the first times I realized that on the Webtoon platform, you could self-publish like before yeah. I was only like reading like the like uh like god of god of high school and stuff yeah. like that yeah. so I thought that it was only a platform where only like really established creators could publish but I saw the the thing and I was like I'll be bored anyway so why not try you know yeah <laughs> so at that time I was uh, kind of creating this one OC who was like a a, a demon CEO <laughs> yeah I wanted to kind of play with that concept because you know demons and CEO it seems very fitting in my <laughs> like no offense but yeah so you know after that I developed this character and I was like oh let's make a fun like rom-com kind of comic with it and that's how it started <laughs> and in terms of planning you mentioned you kind of woke up and you're like I wanted I want to do this I don't want my summer to go by how much of your story did you kind of think through? Did you start with the characters or the story? Like, what was that initial process like for you? Okay, <laughs> it's embarrassing. But like, <laughs> my first webtoon, I will be the first to say I jumped in there without any thought. I just, I just woke up and like these, okay, so the thing with me is when I make characters, like they occupy my brain. It's like, it's kind of like sitting and watching in a movie, you know, things are just happening. And um when I was younger, I did believe like I was the greatest person ever. I would remember everything they do. I didn't even need to write an outline, you know, that's the kind of person I was. I was like, it's fine. It's good. I'll remember. Spoiler, I did not remember. But, <laughs> but like, um, I, I had the characters. And the thing with me and stories is the characters kind of dictate the story. I don't tell the characters what they do, you know, they just do it. And then it's my job to kind of arrange it. So then it's like more like easily consumed by like people who read it. So in terms of like the story, it played out in my head. I arranged it to the best of my ability at that time. And then I started production. You know, the, the contest was going to be about only three months or so. And I believe they had... I don't, I don't remember how many episodes minimum they had, but like I had planned for about that much. I really wasn't planning on going any farther than that. It was just a contest. I mean, like it was just for fun. Um, but people ended up like really liking the story for like whatever reason. So I decided, okay, I guess we'll go. <laughs> so I did encounter problems, of course, you know, after that initial like contest, like, 
going on with the story, it became too difficult because I didn't plan. So that that was, you know. <laughs> you didn't just stop there. You also went on and created more series as well. Um, so after you did Oh My Intern for the first time, what did you uh, do next? Okay, so after Oh My Intern, after the contest, an editor did reach out to me and asked if I wanted to... Um, have all my intern like um become an original I don't know what they were calling them at that time originals and canvas kind of came recently but yes um but I couldn't because I was still in school and in the U.S. you know if you're a F1 student like working is kind of really hard and this would technically constitute as you know work so I couldn't do it at that time but I did say once I graduate I'll still pursue this option if they do want me so um, during that time, like before, you know, like before I would actually pitch my series, like 21st Century Nights, I did want to like streamline my creative process, like um, from writing a script to like having the full episode. And the only way you can do that is by actually making a comic. <laughs> so um, I put OMI like to the side because like it just wasn't working. There were like a lot of things going on there. Um, the spontaneity of its creation was kind of coming to bite me in the butt and you know I just decided like you can marinate there and I'll do another story that like you know that can like help me practice and especially because OMI didn't have action like it was was like a rom-com so um I decided to pursue uh the novel um because it had action and because like I don't know at that time I was like really obsessed with this character that I created her name's Victoria she's enigmatic she's kind of like you know like you don't really know what's going on with her and she was just like like she was just in my brain so that's how I just decided to kind of do the next comic were you nervous about making the leap from a rom-com to act because I mean even very early on in DeNovo you have a lot of action that you use were you just like <laughs> screw it I'm gonna try doing an action uh, uh web comic or was there some prep that you had to do to be able to like tell that story in a different way? Oh man, I wouldn't even lie. When I decided, when I like wrote, when I wrote the novel and I saw that there was going to be action, I realized, Martha, you have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's odd because most of the comics I read are action comics, you know, like most of the content I, I consume like has action, but I don't think I consumed it like, um, critically enough to see what they were doing that I could do so I had to kind of like speed run like the studying of like <laughs> comics and action I had to go and like reread my favorite um, um, comics especially like God uh, God of High School that was that back then that was like my ish like that was what I was all about so I had to reread it I had to see the techniques they were using I had to like kind of change my mind like um the lens in my mind because you know how you approach like a rom-com and how you approach an action comic are just like wildly different <laughs> so I had to kind of like quickly get that in order so you you said your uh comic creation journey started as you know something that you did very spontaneously and you're like okay if I want to do this uh, a bit more seriously there are things I need to streamline what were the biggest adjustments that you made as a creator to help you sort of be more efficient or just help yourself create comics? Okay, so the first thing I did, I, I bought Clip Studio EX, like the highest version of Clip Studio. 
The second thing I did was aggressively save up on assets. Um, on Clip Studio, um, they have like the store version, like, okay, at the store where you can get all sorts of assets from like backgrounds, you know, 3D assets, brushes and all that. I did everything possible to make sure that I was spending as little like effort on things. Um, my philosophy with making comics is take as many shortcuts as you can, like as possible. If there's a shortcut, take it. And I will, I live and die by this motto, like wow, to this like day. It. Yeah. So um, I started to like really consider, you know, before I was like, you take kind of pride in like having drawn every single thing in the comic. Nowadays, I'm like, the only thing I'm drawing is the characters. Everything yeah. else will find a way to like kind of... Um, yeah. Maneuver it in. Yeah. Um, another thing that I started to do was to actually script. Before in OMI, I was not scripting. I don't understand what I was thinking at that time. I cannot speak for the past version of me. Martha back then did did their best, but like that was just not the best way to move. <laughs> so I started to like kind of perfect scripting I didn't necessarily have to like have like a long like panel by panel script but I needed to kind of like learn to focus my episode like to say this is what I want to achieve in this episode and this is what I am going to achieve so um that's what I started to do and I also kind of had to change my my mind because you know up until this point I'd only really been doing illustrations illustrations and comics are completely different like completely different illustration you have to like give your best like at every point because it's just gonna be like a standalone like image but comics it's like the image is part of like the bigger story so you have to learn how to dedicate you know your energy and your time and whatnot so I mean that didn't take too long luckily yeah. <laughs> I've done or might before but like I still have to kind of like remove myself from like the mindset of an illustrator. And so you went from that to creating Knight's Duty, which lays the foundation for 21st century Knights. So can you mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit about how you started, you know, creating this world um, and then what the process was like for you to go from publishing on canvas to making this in originals? Okay, so the fun thing about the uh, a Knight's Duty is it was actually like um, an assignment in school. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, like um, I went to I went to the University of Maryland Eastern Shore, okay. and I graduated with uh, my degree in applied designs, with a concentration in sequential arts. When I whenever I say that, I'm like it sounds like a whole lot of like I don't even know what I'm saying. You know, it's basically <laughs> I graduated to do comics and animation. That's basically it. That's what sequential design basically is. So one of the assignments towards the end of like my um, schooling was to create about like, a, I believe the teacher said like 40 or so panels of like a, your own original, your own original story. Hmm. Up until this point, we'd been illustrating from like pre-written scripts and stuff like that. And I only even lied to you that was boring as hell. Like I was not interested in that. So once he said this, I was like, this is where I shine, you know? So at this point, um, I had been thinking of a story um, inspired by, I had watched, what was it? Okay. I don't remember the name of the show, but it was kind of like, I guess it was on Netflix. It was a bit of a, like a, like a remake of a popular nineties 
you know, like the kind of like Power Rangers kind of thing, but it wasn't oh, Power okay. Rangers. Yeah. Yeah, I, it I was something I, like that. Okay. Yeah, I, I forgot the name too. I was like, <laughs> hello. Anyway, yeah. So it was it was inspired by that because when I was looking at it, I was like, wait, but what if like there were knights, like, you know, the, the usual like, oh, the knight that saves the princess and kills the dragon or whatever the hell. What if we had like those knights in like the 21st century? I mean, that sounded like wildly interesting to me. And I was like, I wanted to do something like, I wanted to explore like how they would like evolve with the times. Um, spoiler, <laughs> it would be pretty boring if you think about it. I think they'd just be like desk, like <laughs> office workers. Like that's my opinion on that. But yes, that's how I started like thinking about this new world. Hmm. And how much of it did you develop and publish before uh, you got approached uh, as an originals artist? I only really published one episode. Oh, okay. Because that remember it was like for school. I just published one episode and like it was for the grade. Um, <laughs> but I was also kind of writing it on the side. And what I would do, um, because you know, dedicating yourself to a webtoon is you really have to sit there and you have to dedicate a lot of time and effort. So I wasn't ready to do that with um a night's duty I believe I did a night's duty even before um the novel so um what I would do is I would write like the little comics like little snippets of seeing how my focus was more on character interactions at that point I had two characters Edward and Teresa another thing the reason why I wanted to do like a night's duty was just because I liked the idea of someone annoying someone else like that's <laughs> those are the kind of things I like so um so you know that's pretty much it in that regard however um when i was pitching to webtoons i didn't come with only one story i'm sure you've seen my instagram and you can probably surmise that i am um, i write a lot of stories yeah <laughs> i make a lot of characters i write a lot of stories so um what i did was i took a few of the best ones i had and i kind of like slid it to my editor and i was like you know, whichever ones you all find interesting, like tell me and we can develop it further. So A Night's Duty was one of them. I'm curious, out of the ones you submitted, um, were <laughs> you surprised that they picked Night's Was there another one that you're like, oh, I thought they would go for that one? I'm sure there were a bunch Actually, that, that were super interesting. Yes. I kind of put it there because I guess it, I don't know. I think maybe I liked, I liked Teresa a lot. So I was like, you know, maybe they might like Teresa too. But the main, the main idea that I had had um, was actually, uh, it's wildly different from the story I'm doing right now. Yes. It was actually a story of kind of like found family about mm. these two people who kind of didn't like each other, but they came together to kind of like raise this child that they both saw that like the child needed you know someone mm. it was called raising sunny it was gonna it was gonna be really cute and like okay. very and different that, <laughs> that very, was very the different. main one that was one I developed like a lot for this particular pitch but they came back and they were like yo that that one about the knights and the 21st century <laughs> yeah. yeah that one seems fun and I was like understandable so yeah so what, what what's it been like working with an editor working with the originals team, what sort of support have they been able, able to give you? Let me tell you something. They have been like amazing. I think, you know, working alone as a creator, it's kind of just a given. 
and you kind of get used to it. You know, you're, you're, you're everything. You're your own like creative team. You're your own marketer. You're your own like director. You're, you're, you're everything. So, you know, having only one opinion on a project is, it's not very good, you know? <laughs> so, you know, with my editors coming in, they would help me kind of like take myself out of the story, you know, cause like it's, it's all happening in my head. I'm, I'm entirely too present in the story. So they'd give me like their opinions on, you know, um, the best way to approach things. Lots of times I'd have like a dilemma when I was making the story and I'd come to my editor and I'd be like, hey, you know, like, I don't know exactly what to do here. And she would be a gem and she would help me like, you know, she'd give me like solutions. She'd be like, oh, maybe you could do this. Maybe you could do that. And I might not have taken the solution, but the act of like kind of giving me different like, paths really did help me like take me out of like um the thing another thing that um really helped me <laughs> was that when you're working with people who don't know the story like the same way you do you know like to such a close you know so closely you have to develop the whole story <laughs> yeah before I used to kind of just like develop up and up until a part and I'd be like I'll figure out the rest when I get there <laughs> if I do get there so when you're working with like editors since they can't live in your head you have to tell them and you know by doing so you have to develop like most of the story if not all so that that was actually the biggest help that I've had because I don't finish my stories like I enjoy them so much that finishing them kind of like makes me sad so I just <laughs> <laughs> you know so, you know, helping, working with the editors did help me actually sit down and try and finish a story and wrap it up and stuff. So how does it feel to be published as an originals writer? I mean, I believe you're about uh, 16 episodes or so in, including Fast Pass. How, how does it feel to, to be published? I know you still have a lot of work you probably need to do. It feels... At first, it was nerve wracking. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" You know, like <laughs> it's different when you're the when you're like alone because I I can decide to quit this project if I wanted to. Um, I can decide to put it, you know, to the back burner and focus on something else. But you know, like it is a responsibility because I know readers really do enjoy the work and they want to see like the story finished, you know, which is kind of like almost an antithesis to what I am, which is like, I enjoy in the moment and then I like run away and do something else. But um, it's not only a responsibility, but it also makes me feel really proud, you know, like to know that my story and my way of telling stories was so enjoyed that someone gave me an opportunity to kind of reach out to a bigger crowd. You know, when you're on your own on the canvas side, you, you have to market yourself. You have to, you know, you have to kind of bet and hope that people will like you enough, you know, to like, um, to engage with your story. So to come from the canvas side to the original side kind of makes me feel that yes, people did like my story enough, people did believe in it enough, and people like enjoy the little musings I have in my head, you know, yeah. <laughs> enough to give me this chance. So one of the things I love to do is, is look at the comments and with your work, there are so many people who say, oh my gosh, you put a, a black main character, thank you so much. In the first revision of 21st Century Nights, uh, in A Knight's Duty, you have characters speaking Swahili. And I would have never known that there's so many people who read webtoons that speak Swahili as well. So 
what does that part like how does the representation piece affect you as a creator to see all these people come forth and say thank you so much for for putting this out there it fuels me i won't even lie to you it's one of the things that kind of fuels my creative process you know um growing up consuming comics I didn't realize for a long time that I just did not see people like me. I just didn't, you know, and it that it never really even occurred to me for a long time that there could be people like me in comics. There could be like black women and men, you know, just engaging with these other characters. I just I just didn't realize that it could happen, you know, like reading Dragon Ball Z, you know, for a long time we didn't realize the Dragon Ball Z, but they had those kind of racist caricatures like like, you know, with the lips and the whatnot. And, you know, I didn't realize at that time. However, when I grew up and uh, important to note, I the college I did go to was an HBCU, you know, historically black college university. So that kind of did actually help me open my eyes. And I was like, well, why can't we have a comic where there's like a black person punching people? Yeah. <laughs> or a comic where there's a black female lead falling in love with people, especially um, in the category of romance. I realized there is a stunning mm. lack of like um, black characters. A lot of the, 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 the time I realized that like representation was important was actually in OMI, you know, people were coming to me and they were like, I can't believe I saw a, a girl who has like kinky curly hair dark skin at that time she even had acne you know like she was a normal girl like you could see her on the street anywhere and like people really felt like I didn't realize that people felt disconnected to the character I was really really proud because that character was somewhat based on me at that time it was mostly like a joke like I, I just started like designing the character as a joke Maria however I didn't realize how important it was, you know, for people to read it and see themselves in it. Because for so long, I didn't see myself in it that it just never occurred to me that I could be in it, you know. <laughs> You're one of the first, you know, Black creators that we've spoken to. Has it been easy for you to find um, other uh, Black uh, comic creators and just uh, find a community of people who care about the same mission? Yes, definitely. Um, a lot of my friends... Um, they do well they're either in the art world or they're actually like making webtoons um so you know I think when you see a character like this it's just you just kind of gravitate towards you know like the creator and whatnot and I make I do try to make a point of being open and approachable with people I like to talk to people <laughs> yeah so you know I try to make it as easy as possible to reach out to me and like we can start talking we can start like expressing our opinions and stuff I have about three close friends I think who do make um, comics and characters who are also black who they can like kind of you know express like you know just put more like diversity in there you know so it wasn't as hard it wasn't actually as hard like we, we exist that's the beautiful thing with comics we exist somewhere out there you just have to like kind of put your hand up there and say hey hey guys you know reach out have you met other creators in kenya or are they spread across the world Oh, I'm sad, but I haven't yet met any Kenyan like comic okay. creator. Don't get me wrong, I am immensely open to like 
I want to put it out there. Anyone who makes comics, like, you know, hit me up. Like, we can talk. I'm always ready. I haven't met Kenyan creators, but I have met more, like, um, especially from the U.S., because at that time I was in the U.S., so, like, you know, like, more more U.S. creators were, like, around me. But um, I haven't yet met them, but I am so willing and so ready to, like, meet other Kenyan creators. <laughs> It's so cool that you're able to connect and just meet all these other creators that are across the world. The fact that you and I are having a conversation and you're in Kenya is incredible. Right? Like, I always, I always just, it's amazing. It's really, really amazing. And it's really valuable to me because like, you know, when you meet people from all over the world, you, you kind of approach now diversity in another way, you know, because like in, in the case, for example, of Black characters, Black people are not a monolith you know black people in different parts of the world have their own different culture mm. my culture as a Kenyan is vastly different from that of like a black person from the U.S. so like connecting like this actually helps kind of broaden even just like in this um, focus of for example like black characters it already helps broad- broaden like the the ways you can go I can have a black character from Kenya and a black character from the U.S. and like it'll be just vastly more different like (laughs) it's like diversity multiplied or something (laughs) (laughs) so where do you think this goes because like you said when we were growing up um, I'll admit as a fan as well you don't notice Mm -hmm. the the racism I'm not really sure what what that is or why that is you grow up Mm -hmm. you start to see what these subtle things were that were actually racist and now what do you think the future holds for um, this increased representation uh, among uh, Black creators and characters? I think that like, you know, like the world is just like, it's just opening up. Um, I see, um, I'm seeing, at least in the canvas side, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that Webtoons will find them, that Webtoon, the company will find them like, you know, worth investing as well. Um, I see so many intro like there's this one comic. Uh, is it called Black Sun or something like that? Mm. The characters are black and it's an action comic that like you can really see the influence and love from like Naruto and the Bleach and especially Naruto. You can really see it, you know, in the comic. And I'm like, this is great. Like you have black characters and they're just existing. You know, I think that's the thing um, that I love so much about like comics that I see now kind of coming up um, created by Black people, they are characters who simply exist and are Black, you know. A lot of times when people try to force diversity into their comics, they make this character's entire identity like their race, you know, like they are the Black person, you know, in the group. And I'm like, it's so beautiful to just see different characters who are Black and their personality comes before like anything else. They just happen to be Black, you know? So um, I see with how there's like, I see a lot more comics featuring like Black characters coming up and that really makes me happy. It makes me really, really optimistic like for the future. I'm really looking forward to seeing like um, more and more Black characters coming up and being given the chance to kind of introduce these characters like to the original space. Um, And I'm really cheering for them. I'm really looking forward to them all. (laughs) It'll be very exciting to see what the trends look like over the next five years because we will see more and more representation. I I really believe it. I want to pick your brain about your Instagram 
you have a very big following there. And I went down the rabbit hole of looking at your Instagram and there is a ton of character design as you alluded to earlier. Can you talk to us a little bit about uh, what your what drew you to start uh, designing characters and sort of your love for the, the craft there? Um, so how do I even start this? I know that my character design, the love for my character design started with Bleach. I think that they have some of the most interesting character designs. Like I just loved, especially like the organizational aspects of them. Like, you know how you have like the, the Shinigamis and then like the Espada and what, like the designs within like these organizations and how um, like each one had their own individuality, but they still adhered to like a certain theme. Like the Espadas, they all wore like white and black or something like that. But like each person like could stylize their uniform in such a way. So that really got me like, you know, like really interested. And I remember I started with, you know, within those confines, kind of like designing Naruto characters like that would be in Naruto or Bleach characters that would be in Bleach. And then like I realized that um, the narratives I was having inside my own head, like these characters, they could be put in their own like world, you know, like they 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 could exist like apart from Bleach or Naruto. So um, I started to design them. And at first they were kind of boring because, you know, like you're kind of getting into this, like you're new, you know, <laughs> you're new. And uh, you first make like boring characters who don't really have much going on. But, um, you know, my character design did grow with me. The more I kind of, I believe to like design really good characters, you have to kind of know yourself, you know. Mm. You have to know um, things about you that perhaps like as an ordinary person, you wouldn't really care about, you know, things like um, the colors that I'm really partial to and colors that I do not like. For example, my least my least favorite color is like green. I hate green. Oh, I, I so... was I, I was going to wear a green shirt today. I'm not and I, I wasn't <laughs> feeling it. I don't know. Maybe it was divine intervention. I'm glad I didn't wear that. <laughs> I like green, but. It's okay. I only hate green in the context of like my character. Like, I, I, I like to design characters with green in them. So um, in terms of designing characters, you know, I kind of had to be honest with myself a lot, you know, like what kind of designs or, or features do I like in a character? You know, like, do I like this kind of, I don't know, do I like this aesthetic or this aesthetic? You know, it really had to um I really had to look deep inside and like be honest with myself. Um, I also had to, of course, do my research. That was probably the most important thing um, all in all. One of my favorite um, avenues of character design is specifically in the like romance fantasy kind of world. I love drawing those dresses, you know, like those those 18th century, like big poofy mm, dresses yeah. with the ruffles. They are like one of my most favorite things to do. So I had to sit down, I had to research. And I guess um, one of the most important things with character design to me is the research aspect. You really can't like make everything up. You can make a, a lot of things up, but you do have to have a bit of a base so then what you're making up seems like, you know, more full, more realistic. Um, I also had to, um, <laughs> this is kind of like, not, it's not personal, but like, I'm just going to say it. I had to really come to like love and accept myself. For a long time, I did not draw characters that looked like me. Like I was drawing 
more like fantasy characters like with like pink hair and whatnot but they almost always had like light colored skin you know so when I finally was old enough to come to like like myself a lot enough to realize that yeah I'm gonna draw a black character why not you know? yeah <laughs> and I saw the different ways you can do this it really did to me open up like the world of character design like to a different level you know because mm. now I was incorporating cultures you know different cultures that I sat down and did research on um you know I was mixing and merging things I learned from um from other black people or other like it doesn't even have to be black people I went and sat down and tried my best to learn all things like things like um the cultures of India mm. the cultures of you know the Middle East like a lot of Native American cultures. Like I was trying very hard to kind of incorporate all these different ways of like outlook, you know, to life, because I believe that's the essence of character design. What you're really doing is just making a person, you know? <laughs> so to make a person, you have to know people. You have to know how, you know, people lived and the context in which they lived. So to me, that's another like invaluable part of character design. So having spent so much time honing that craft, is that something you naturally gravitate towards early on when you make comics, just really bringing the characters to life? I mean, you even said earlier, when you write a story, you're almost watching characters just interact and seeing what they do rather than, you know, writing uh, itself. So is that something you spend a lot of time doing naturally? Definitely, yes. Um, My way of writing stories, I don't know how other people write stories, but my way is very 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 character focused um for me it's it's the people that tell the story I understand that there are stories in which you can have like no people at all and somehow it's going I don't I don't understand how people do that but that's amazing I love that for them however for me um it's all about people it's all about the characters you know um most of the time the stories I don't I might sit there and maybe say that maybe the premise I'd want like for example Genovo I think I was like I think I want to make a witch character and that was just that was just like about the most I would go in terms of like dictating how the story would go you know from there it was the making of the character and this character um would do things and if that that is what dictated the story um anything to do with me um I was just watching and arranging things so Yes, to me, characters and thus character design is probably like the most important thing to me. Yeah. So uh, a lot of uh, artists spend time thinking about how they're going to support themselves as they make their comic. You have tried a few different things. You have a Patreon as well. What has worked well for you and what advice would you give to an artist that's thinking about creating a comic and then in the future thinking about supporting themselves from this comic? Okay, so I'm going to have to be honest here. Um, For most of my, most of the time I was making comics, I was uh, a student, like in the US, right? Working was not going to be like, you're like, you're just not allowed to work. (laughs) You're just not allowed to work. So of course, I had to rely on family and whatnot and all that. Um, I understand that that's not the case for all creators. There are some creators who they might not be able to rely on family. Um, They might not be able to, you know, pursue making comics or even art as a full-time job quite yet, you know. 
other people might have like you have to do something else before you can dedicate yourself fully to making comics um for me I had to kind of like do comics and school but like that's just not the same you know uh, when you have bills and stuff to pay I understand that most people want to get into comics and they just like get it and go you know even I, at the point in my university, I didn't know what I was going to do in the future, actually. I was reaching a point, I actually had a crisis, I think in my second last semester, I was like, I made the wrong decision. Why did I pursue a degree in art? I should have gone to engineering or something like that, something that would like, would definitely pay my bills for me, you know. Um, and, you know, it's through that kind of like little crisis that I came to understand that, um, there's like no shame in doing something else to support you mm. while you try and make it in the comic industry. Because the fact of the matter is, for example, in my case, as, a, as an original creator, it is a full-time job, you know, making comics, every, you know, like you have, um, you have to produce something every week. You know, it's a full-time job. You can't dedicate yourself like that off the bat. So, um, that's why I always say <laughs> if you can't, if you know, if you don't have a job lined up like this, don't be ashamed to go and take something else to help you like live. You know, you can't make comics if you can't eat. You can't eat comics, unfortunately. I'd love to be able to, but you can't, you know, before you get that opportunity, it's fine to have um, a job that, you know, I don't think we all like our jobs, but like, you know, it's fine to have a job that you don't like so then you can eat and you can try and keep exploring you know making comics but um yeah I don't I don't have a lot of experience because for me in my case I was extremely lucky you know I was really genuinely very lucky sometimes I look back on my career and I'm like Martha you hit the jackpot you are so lucky (laughs) (laughs) I started comics kind of as an accident and I I liked it enough and people liked my stories enough for me to come to make a job out of it. And it happened relatively, in my opinion, quickly. But it doesn't always happen like that, you know, for people. A lot of times, I follow a lot of other creators who might not necessarily make web comics, but they make some form of comics. And they've said it many times. Sometimes it took 10 years to get to where Mm. they are, you know, where they had to do jobs that they might not have liked and whatnot, because it just wasn't feasible for them to create comics at that time you know like full time however you know just because you're doing the job you know to sustain yourself doesn't mean that you can't keep trying to make comics that's why I like webtoon and the canvas section so much you still get the chance to publish yourself but um you know you you still get the chance to kind of build you know your skills to publish yourself and most important this is the most important thing to me network networking with your fellow creators you're you're all in this like especially in canvas you know this is all like a labor of love you know like in canvas you'll be lucky if you get paid you'll be lucky if you're able to earn money you might not always be so that means that you're really in comics like as a labor of love so supporting your fellow creators and in turn being supported really does like help you out it also keeps you like you know with that kind of zeal to keep going with comics so in terms of jobs, I do get it. Like you can't, you know, working right off the bat into your dream job, it's like you have to be really lucky, you know. But if you can't do that, there's 
it's fine. Like I, I, I really do try and cheer people on, like in terms of, I know it's hard, but like, I'll try and keep reading your comic. I'll try to keep promoting your comic. I'll tell my friends to read it, really try and like, you know, support like people who might not be able to do the thing now, but I have full belief that they'll be able to do it in the future if they keep on like creating their comics. And what do you have in store for your future? Oh, if I'm being real with you, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> after after 21st Century Night, I have like so I have so many comics. Like I need, I wanna do like my ideas. Um uh, that's why, like even when I'm making 21st Century Night, I am kind of especially Genovo. Genovo is a comic that I promised myself because um when I finished, when I when I dropped OMI, I was riddled with guilt. I was so yeah. guilty. Um, people were being so mean to me in the comments. There were some, some nice ones, but there were some people who were who just wanted their story. It was it's a, yeah, it's crazy to see. Exactly. So like when I did OMI, there were a lot of people who I don't know why they'd say the way they'd say this to like a virtual stranger, but they said you'll never finish anything you write, you know, just because my first ever story. So I took that personally. <laughs> I took that personally. I decided with Genovo, I am going to finish it. It may take 10 years. It doesn't matter. I'm going to finish it. For me and also to spite those people. I'm a person <laughs> who kind of does things a little out of spite. I won't lie. But yeah, so my next endeavor after um, 21st Century Nights is to kind of pitch make more ideas um i do want to keep i want to finish genovo and omi i still have plans for those and then after that we'll we'll see <laughs> after those two we'll see are you ready to close things out with our rapid fire question round um yes okay these are a bit tough but we'll, we'll see how you do first question which fictional character best describes your personality no, that is so hard to, <laughs> 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 it's hard to answer. That's just number one, too. You have, you have five of them. Okay, so there's this character from Gintama. Mm. Um, I believe her name is Kagura. Mm. Um, she's, she's small and she's really like, you know, she's kind of explosive in nature. I feel she represents a part of me because like I've never been able to kind of fully like place myself, but she represents kind of like a part of me. I love that character. She's just, She's insane. I like her so much. <laughs> uh, what three webtoons would you take with you on a desert island? On a desert island? Oh my goodness. Okay. So of course I would um what do I even like? As I said, um God of High School that was instrumental in like, you know, making things happen. Um this is so hard because I read so many comics like in one go. Um I did like, there's this one called Who Made Me a Princess. It's a fantasy. It's not, it's not really a romance, but it's a kind of fantasy thing. The dresses are pretty. At least if I'm on a desert island, I'd be able to think of the dresses like, you know, a lot and be happy. Um, and which other one? <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to take One Piece. I like One Piece. <laughs> there you go. That's a good one. There's a lot of material too. That's yes, a good one. So much. Yeah. One piece. If you could pick any creator, whether it's manga or comics or webcomic, um, to have dinner with, who would it be? Hmm. 
I'm going to go with Yusuke Murata. Mm-hmm. I think his his illustrations actually kind of really really fueled me like going forward. Um I began to actually kind of like look at him as a blueprint of how to like construct things and what like he was just I love him so much. <laughs> What's your favorite comic or webtoon scene that kind of comes first to your mind when you think of comics or webtoons? Mm-hmm. You were asking hard questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. When you said that, so many came came up in my head because I'm a very kind of like in the now kind of person. Mm. Like I'll feel it now and then I'll go on and then I'll feel something at that point. So it's yeah. normally like things that matter now. But, well, I just watched Spy X Family, you know that new yes. one? And like the little girl, she punched one of the bullies so hard. And like the lead up to it was beautiful like i i personally like i had to watch it again and again because it was just so excellent like she looked to make sure no adult was looking and then she just socked that little boy in the face and i was like this is you know this is what you want to create as a creator something that emotionally moving i really like that <laughs> yeah that's a great series and then finally yes. uh if you could have uh, dinner with one fictional character who would it be okay so there's this character from noblesse noblesse the the manhwa his name was Rajak and you know he died RIP but like I loved that character so much I would have loved to go out to dinner and hear what's going on in his head he was one of those cool calm like types of characters but like some things he did I was like definitely weird things are going on in your head I would love to know what's going on so yeah Well, Martha, you navigated the rapid fire round beautifully. Um, listener, please go check out 21st Century Nights on Webtoon. You can find Martha on uh, Instagram as Plastic Botru, And uh, there's a link tree there as well where you can look at all of her wonderful work. And Martha, thank you so much for taking some time to uh, join us today. Thank you guys so much for giving me like this chance to... I mean, I don't know if you guys can notice it or not, but I love talking about characters and making things and whatnot. So like getting this opportunity to like just talk about it, it's like amazing. I was nervous the whole day, but I'm so glad I came on. <laughs> oh, it's been, a, it's been a blast for us as well. So thanks for coming. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any feedback or want to be featured as our next guest, please write to us at pixelsandpanelspod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe, like, or give us a five-star rating. See you all next week.